welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housel. And I'm James Marriott. So, played four, won four, conceded none. Lots for us to talk about. Um, first, a very quick word on the, well, on the podcast, more significantly on, on you, Dom. So, we were planning on recording a podcast last week, uh, but you were struck down by the Rona. It, it hit you pretty hard as well, didn't it? Yeah, I was off sick for a few days and... Yeah, it was in a bad way, not good, and I uh, no, I couldn't get to Morecambe, and then I was still testing positive for Burton, and yeah, so I was under house arrest for a week, so I was uh, bored out of my mind by the end of it, but thankfully, James, I'm a lot better now, but uh, I can confirm that it is horrible, and I do feel for anyone that has suffered with coronavirus over the last couple of years, as it's, uh, it's not nice. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound like you had a, a particularly great time at all. But obviously, brilliant that you're uh, that you're feeling much better now. And obviously, back at the uh, back at the football on Tuesday night, which is brilliant. We'll talk about that game in uh, a bit. Uh, we, we, I mean, we did we toyed with recording a podcast last week, but it just things just were it, it wasn't going to fall into place. You know, you still not feeling great and everything. So uh, the good news though is that leaving it until this week means I mean we've got a we've got a podcast with pretty much wall-to-wall positivity um four games since we last recorded one all four we've not conceded a goal where the heck's this form come from i've been saying for ages james that it was a matter of time that this was going to (laughs) come and that wednesday would have to string these results together and go on a winning run and that is what they have done and they've done it at the perfect time now haven't they to apply some pressure serious pressure on the teams uh, above them in the table and what now four points off the top two so we can seriously dream again I, I think they have to be Rotherham really I think to keep the top two alive you know Rotherham are starting to pull away and for me they will finish in the top two I'll be really surprised yeah. if Rotherham don't and I believe it's a clutch of teams and Wednesday, we now might be getting to the, the point of where we're throwing them into the conversation of where Wednesday will be one of those teams competing for the other automatic promotion spot. But you've also got Wigan, Sunderland, if, when they ever appoint a new manager, yeah. MK Dons. You know, there's some good teams up there. But it's nice to be talking about how. The results have turned around really, and that you know Wednesday to win five out of the last six, and they have genuine momentum now, uh, and still another two home games to come, and Wednesday have only lost once at home all season. I mean, we we we've said. I don't know how many times we've said, oh, it's a really important week coming up. And, and we did, uh, before the Ipswich game, we did a, a live Twitter space. Um, and this point came up a few times, didn't it? It felt like that game was kind of make or break for the season. That, you know, this was, it was the start of a run of games that would really shape what this season was going to look like. And I think, actually, I mean, I was certainly thinking about it in terms of it could quite easily turn into a fairly nondescript run of the mill mid-table season off the back of these games. It, I, don't, I don't think I ever considered the prospect that, that Wednesday would actually hit the form that they have done. And actually, you know, this month starts to look like it could be turning into an incredible month. 
we're going to have to say it again, though, because it's now another really important week coming up, isn't it? Because, you know, Rotherham is going to be, without doubt, the biggest test that we've had this season so far. Uh, you're right, they're in incredible form. And it looked like they were dropping away a little bit just a few weeks back. And then, you know, a stunning return to form for for Rotherham. And, and they're just, you know, they're just winning game after game after game at the moment. Incredible run that they're on. Um, so that's a huge, huge test. But it's at Hillsborough. You know, I mean, the form at Hillsborough this season has been great. Um, and then Accrington coming up on Wednesday. So it just feels like, you know, this time next week, again, we're going to have a different perspective on what this season looks like. We'll talk about those games um, coming up in a bit. Um, I, we don't normally kind of go right back over all the games in in the period since we last recorded, especially not with it being uh, a couple of weeks since we last um, recorded. Um, but I think it's right that we do because of the fact that they were, were all wins. And there's kind of little talking points that come from all of them. So way back when, uh, Wednesday beat Ipswich 1-0. Marvin Johnson getting that goal quite early on. Now, there's a, a, a player who probably first half of the season, I, I saw quite a lot of negative things said about Marvin Johnson. A lot of people saying it's just another kind of, you know, also ran player that we've signed who was just looking for a club, you know, another journeyman, that kind of thing. And yet, last three, four games, he's come into really good, good form um, and, you know, he's earned himself a nickname, he's, he seems to be becoming a little bit of a fan's favourite. I think it's longer than that, the period of where he's been playing well, James. I honestly think he's, at centre-half, he did a pretty good job for the team, so I'd say that the last two to three months, it does feel eerily similar to when Morgan Fox was here, that you know, you look at the way he's turned his career around at Wednesday, Marvin Johnson. He had a really difficult start, and so did Morgan Fox. The first three months or so did not go well. He was in and out of the side. There were some poor performances, and there were some question marks over you know the recruitment of Marvin Johnson. People thinking, you know, why have Wednesday brought him in? You know, he, he doesn't look like he's improving the team. And then now, the last few months. I think he's gaining confidence from playing at centre-half and playing pretty solid there. And I think the defensive maybe skills that he'd have learned and picked up from playing centre-half, I think that's then helped him when he's moved to what I consider and what I think is his best position, which is wing-back. That's what he's tailor-made to play for me. You know, you just look at him and you think, you know, full of energy... And we, we've seen his crossings improved and we're seeing that end product in the final third. And you know, he had a goal you know, that was chalked off, didn't he, against Morecambe. There was a great finish. Um, but, you know, he you know, he spoke to the press last week and you can tell that he's enjoying his football. And I think that mm. he's been a big, big plus for Wednesday. And, yeah, when you're talking about the last four matches that Wednesday you know, won, you're right to... I like Marvin Johnson, who scored in one of them. And then the other player that, to me, looks completely transformed, I don't know what you think, James, is, is George Byers. You know, I, I, yeah, George Byers has been great. He really has. And that midfield three, he's added another dimension to it and he's popped up with a couple of very important goals too. Yeah, he was he was on my list to, um, to, to talk about because... 
Uh, I mean, there's there's a cracking goal in there as well. Uh, we're not just talking about any old uh, any old goals, but another player who I think most Wednesday fans had and maybe even written off just on the base of the first half of the season that you know he's just kind of making up the numbers and then has just come out of nowhere. The other guy that I wanted to, in fact, there's another couple of people really that I want to mention off the back of the um, Ipswich game. Um, one is Nathaniel Mendes Lang, who it. it when he when he arrived at the club, it seemed like it, it was strange, wasn't it? Because he'd been training with them for a while, and it was like, well, you know, if he's up to it, why have we not signed him? And then we did sign him, and it was kind of like, what what what's he going to offer? What role is he gonna is he going to play? Um, and we've seen signs of a player who you can tell has has previously done it at a much higher level. There's something about him, isn't there? And and he has added something. And actually he's put in he's put in a good two or three man of the match performances since he's um, since he's come into this football club. He's a great owler, isn't it, with his pace, his skill and versatility. We've seen it that you know, I think uh, out wide as a wing back, um, he has caused problems there. And then um, I thought he was a nuisance when he went up front at Burton too. And yeah. he's another one of those players that I think in the Wednesday squad, you know, we're looking at James and we're saying he's playing below his natural level. You know, Wednesday picked him up, and he could, by the way, end up being the best piece of business. Wednesday you know do this season and it's funny isn't it that the way the mood's changed and things have gone in the last few weeks with the 15 points in the last six matches no one's talking about Theo Corbinu anymore now that you know Nathaniel Mendes Lang has stepped up you know it's it's almost Corbinu who we could also throw into the fact that what we've not mentioned is in, in the lead up to the Ipswich game, of course, it came out about Lee Gregory being injured. And at the time that was like, oh, great. Well, that's it then, isn't it? You know, February screwed. And yet no one's really kind of talked about the fact that, you know, he's he's been out because we're, we're, we're not we're not on fire in terms of scoring goals, but we're scoring goals. We're not conceding goals and we're winning games. And, and you know, you, you do forget about those things, don't you? You do, and they've been grinding out the wins and they've gone back to that solidity that we saw right at the start of the season with the clean sheets. And when they went to the top of the table after beating you know, Rotherham in the reverse fixture, and so they've got four clean sheets on the bounce and they're still without 10 first-team players through injury. And, yeah, you know, that 10 players that are out, if you put them up against the Wednesday eleven that's playing right now... You know, it'd be a pretty tasty affair. It wouldn't be a lot in it. You know, all they're yeah. missing is a goalkeeper at the moment. And don't it, say that. No, I've jinxed it now, haven't <laughs> I? What have I done? But yeah, it, honestly, um, I think that for me, of the new signings, you know, in in January, I know we're going to talk a bit more soon about the recruitment as a whole. But Jordan's story has been a revelation for yeah. me. I mean, he hasn't put a foot wrong. I've been so impressed with him. Um, and he's not the tallest of centre-halves, but he is slotted in on that sort of right-hand side of the back three. And in the last couple of matches we've seen it, I think that they have worked really well together as a unit, as Story, yeah. Sam Hutchinson and Liam Palmer. They, they look like a back three that's been playing together you know, for, for months and months and months, don't they? Not like, you know, it, is, it is a cobbled-together back three, um, 
you know, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be the back three that you'd play by choice if everyone was fit. In fact, it definitely wouldn't because it, it wasn't. It wasn't in the game before then. Um, but yeah, they, they do look assured, and uh, you know, it's no coincidence, is it, that we've not conceded a goal? You know, you, you don't just get lucky for four games in a row. Um, let's. I, I, we are going to. We're going to mention injuries later, but it feels right to to talk at this this moment about Harley Dean because. He obviously came straight into the to the to the team for the Ipswich game. Now, on in the Twitter space, we we were kind of expecting that he probably wouldn't come straight into the to the team because he's not really been playing first team football. But he did put in a really good performance. I mean, I don't know how was it twenty minutes for he picked up his first booking for um, for just taking someone out, which was uh, you know he kind of he he stamped his his authority on his Wednesday career pretty early on. Um, and then, you know, in the most Sheffield Wednesday thing to happen since the week before, um, he he then goes and gets injured seven minutes into his second um, Wednesday game against Morecambe, which is gutting really, isn't it? Because, you know, there, there was enough there from, from that performance against Ipswich to think, right, OK, if we can keep this defensive line fit now, then we're on to something with him. He's got great leadership qualities about him. He had absolutely no fear, and he was obviously just loving being back out on a football pitch as well. So just gutting, of course, that, that then he goes and picks up an injury so quickly into the next game. Huge fan already, I think. Again, another player that I would say is going to be playing below his actual level. And uh, strong, good in the air, um, and a leader, like you say, vocal figure back there. And when he comes back again, I think that um, he only strengthen the back line. And we shouldn't be surprised, really, that it's a shame the way it's panned out, but we shouldn't be surprised that he, he did pick up the knock because that, unfortunately, is the risk you run when you pick up a lone player and he hasn't played for the best part of two months. And then you're asking him after a week or so's training to go twice in four days. And so I think he's done his calf very early on. He signalled to the bench and he had to come off. And with a bit of luck, maybe Harley Dean, we might see him again before the end of the month. But I mean, the options, when's they're going to have at centre-half, if yeah. when they get everybody fit, pretty frightening. And it's there's going to be some very difficult decisions for Darren Moore to make. Um, because you've got to say right now, Sam Hutchinson, you wouldn't take him out of the back three to put him in midfield. We know he can play there, but I, you look at in the long run, and I know I did say on the Twitter space if, the last time we did it that I wouldn't be offering Sam Hutchinson a contract. I might have to revise that if he carries on performing like he is doing right now. Um, but this is it. You've got Shea Dunkley, Dominic Iorfa, Harley Dean, Lewis Gibson... So many players fighting That's out insane, for, for three spots, and we're still thinking that Darren Moore wants to go with a back four when everybody's fit. Right now, I, I can't see how you could change it to a back four or why you would change it to a back four when the team are yeah. doing so well. I, mean, I think, as things stand, if Wednesday carry on the way they are, I, I wouldn't be changing the formation. I wouldn't be tweaking it. No. And they've been playing this now for four months, James, too. So and, and these we're not we're not talking about four lucky wins, are we? You know, the their four games where actually Wednesday have, have, have played pretty well to a man. Um and so, you know, that I I think we've all questioned the logic of, of playing 
a back three because there's been times this season where it's just looked like it's not working and there's been players playing in that system that you kind of think it clearly doesn't suit them. Um, and a lot of that has just been circumstantial, hasn't it? Because we have had another season of unprecedented level of, of injuries. Um, to the point it's not unprecedented anymore, it's just normal now. Um, so um, I, I, I now think, yeah, it's different now, isn't it? It does feel like it's settled into place. So it would be strange to change it now. But you're right, in terms of you're going to have just an insane number of options. It's almost as if we're just kind of like where... You know, we've looked into the crystal ball and, and we're just foreseeing more injuries through the season. So it's just stockpile a few defenders to get to get through it. Um, let's move on to the Morecambe match because I, I want to go back over something that you, you kind of touched upon there. First of all, to mention, um, great goal from um, George Byers. I think actually right right across the park, you've got to say great performances on the on the day. Um, but... Let's let's just talk about Sam Hutchinson because you know in terms of like you know game winning moments uh, that double header off the off the line which was almost like it's almost superhuman um, and and it's it's almost been forgotten as well and it's like you know we we did go on and win the game two 0 so that makes it look comfortable but if that goes in and it goes to one one it's a totally different complexion on that game there's no talking about you know one four conceded none in in, in that scenario um, and that was just brilliant and and there was. There was something there, wasn't there, about this this feeling of togetherness and a feeling of team spirit and just throwing yourself at everything to get that win that was almost like you could compress it and personify it into that moment from Sam Hutchinson. You're right, we could have been talking about drop points and, uh, yeah, it, crucial intervention from Sam Hutchinson and then you could look at Burton. There have been key moments in the matches and when Wednesday were 1-0 up at Burton... Bailey Peacock Farrell pulls off a vital save. And he's another one for me where you're looking at his numbers now and he's he's a player that has come in for his fair share of stick, divided opinion, you know, between September, October, there were a catalogue of bad errors from him, and he was lucky to keep his place. But Darren Moore backed him, and now you're looking at the numbers. I think it's 11 clean sheets in 27 matches. So he's averaging a clean sheet nearly one every two games. Uh, and that's that's the highest in League One, incidentally, yeah, as well. Yeah, it is. And the way things are shaping up, he could end up actually getting the Wednesday record for clean sheets. I think it's 17, wasn't it, that Kieran wow. Westwood um, equaled... You know, he did twice, didn't he? I think over a couple of years, uh, and so that would be a remarkable sort of turn of events. But yeah, it, it's things like that are going Wednesday's way, where you know other teams are not punishing them. Um, you've got great pieces of defending or goalkeeping moments of inspiration. George Byers against Morecambe. Yeah, that's where right now we're thinking well, something exciting is beginning to build and come together. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, onto the onto the Burton game, uh, where again, you know, great great performances. Feels like a couple of a couple of games. The most recent games with um, with Burton and with Wigan. Barry Bannon's really kind of found himself again, hasn't it? And you know, we've we've touched on George Boyd and 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 how great. 
he's been. George Byers, not George Sorry, Boyd. George Byers, crikey. George, George Boyd was him? there on Tuesday. But, I'm going to say uh, I, saw, I saw a tweet about him. It might have been from you, actually, that he was there doing some um, some telly stuff. Um, sorry, George Byers, crikey. Sorry, George, I apologise. Um, who, uh, yeah, he, he's coming to some form as well. But it, the, there's something significant in when that midfield's right and it allows Barry Bannon to do what Barry Bannon does well... That is game changing, isn't it for 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 Wednesday? When when Bannon has a bad game, normally Sheffield Wednesday have a bad game. Probably the only player we haven't mentioned so far on the podcast, James, is Massimo Luongo, and Massimo Luongo ties in with Barry Bannon pushing further forward and being able to then create and make things happen, and you're right. I thought that Bannon um, was was good. Uh, Burton and you've got the really terrible conditions by the way the swirling wind yeah. you know everything that pitch probably the worst pitch that they've played on this season it was never going to be pretty it was going to be a battle and we saw another side of this Wednesday team of where they've won ugly and maybe we've accused them in the past of not rolling their sleeves up and being able to get the job done well, they did at Burton, kept clean sheet, and it was a solid, professional, away performance. And with Bannon, I thought that against... Um, who did they play on Tuesday night? I've, uh, Wigan. Wigan, thank you, yeah. Um, against Wigan, I actually thought he was a bit off it uh, in the first half. I thought that you know his passing wasn't you know as crisp and what we've come to expect from him. But then, yeah, the penalty... I thought that he, you know, that lifted him, his overall game. And then after that, yeah, he ran the show in midfield, you know, and this is it. You know, it's, it's the Luongo effect, though. You can't really look past that. And that's why we keep banging on about they have to wrap him up in cotton wool when yep. he's, I think he's figured in nine league matches and Wednesday have won six and drawn two. So, yep. you know, that's no coincidence that when Luongo it, plays, he makes that midfield tick. It's interesting as well, isn't it? That you, I mean, we, we are going to talk about injuries, but we've not really talked about um, FDB picking up an injury who felt like he'd become quite a significant player in the in the middle. So him going out of the team should, in theory, have been a, a, a you know a, a, a pretty pretty big moment. But um, you know, Bias coming in and then you know those three really kind of working well together has been a bit of a revelation actually, which is which is brilliant. On the Wigan game, then, do you think it was a penalty? Yes, yes, I do think it was a penalty. Um, I, I know there was a bit of sort of debate about this, but it was a daft challenge, really. You know, I'd be annoyed and disappointed if my defender, you know, made that tackle. You know, if no yeah, you make the challenge, you give it. you give him a decision to make, don't you? But he did. You're watching the replay. You kind of think it's it's minimal contact isn't it but Luongo it knew what he's doing if, if you go in and make the challenge you run the risk yeah of course you do and um, I, I, I want to talk really about the build up for me the build up you know that was a great bit of football to get Luongo into that position on that left hand side between Bannon and Johnson and Luongo and uh, yeah no, Luongo gave the ref a decision to make and I, I definitely think he played for it and it was funny wasn't it that when he went down 
you know, Luongo wasn't one of the Wednesday players that was sort of clamouring for the penalty. You know, he just sort of stayed down for an extra few seconds and he didn't turn around immediately to the referee to you know, see what decision he was going to make. But I, I did think it was a penalty. Live, I thought it was. I know on the, you, you look at the replays and think, you're right, minimal contact. There wasn't loads there. But he still brought him down. So if that was outside the box, it would have been a free kick. See, I, I love playing this game of, do you think VAR would have overruled it? No, because I, 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 don't, I don't think, think it, it was clear and obvious. obvious. I don't think but then I don't really understand if VAR... I, I mean, it's a law unto its own, isn't yeah. it, as to uh, whether or not... VAR would have found a way own. of overturning it, let's face Probably, it. Probably, yes. It would have resulted in a six-month ban for uh, Fernando Forestieri, wouldn't it? Um, right, let's um, let's touch on the fact that... Um, I mean, I don't think Wigan were particularly great, but clearly you could tell that they got something about them that, you know, they're, they're up there for a reason. That was a significant game for them, though, because they've got, is it three games in hand that they've got on uh, Rotherham and I think four games in hand on some of the other teams that are knocking around the top end of that table. For, uh, MK Don, Sunderland, Oxford, they've got, they've got four games in hand on all of those. So they've, they're in with a real chance of following Rotherham's example and kind of pulling away. So that was a big old game for them on, um, on, 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 on Tuesday night. So... Again, we've got to say, and this this is a theme that we touched on there when we talked about um, the away win at Burton, professional performance, difficult circumstances, all that kind of stuff. Again, Tuesday night, professional job, particularly second half. Wigan will have been up for that. You know, they 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 knew that was a, a big important game for them, um, and yeah, you know, it was a professional job from um, from Wednesday. How many times have we have we bemoaned Wednesday for not having that professionalism, particularly the back end of games, caving in late in on games, um, you know, having kind of like that mental weakness that that now finally we're starting to see. Yeah, professionalism is a word we've used loads. Seeing games out that another great example of it on um, Tuesday. That's hugely significant, isn't it? Because that's that Wednesday have really been their own worst enemy at times this season. So resolving that is is what is going to be the difference between a Sheffield Wednesday that's in with a shout of top top two, right? And that's not it does it's not daft saying that anymore. Definitely in with a shout with the the playoffs. But I, there's been moments this season where I thought it doesn't really matter if we qualify for the playoffs. I don't think this team's up to the challenge of, of the playoffs. You know, we'd, we'd get hammered. Now it feels different. It feels like actually there's a team now that has that, that's overcome that hurdle and it was a big hurdle. Definitely. And mentality, I think, is the word that, that Darren Moore likes to use. And, and he has, I think, certainly improved that and made Wednesday harder to beat. And you can't... You know, look beyond the statistics of it's six defeats, I think, from 30 matches this season. And there have been too many draws, we know that. But not many teams will do the double over Wigan. You know, and mm. so for Wednesday to do that. And the other night, they are here restricted a really good team in this league. And, you know, I've, I look at Callum Lang, I think he's one of the best players in this division. And then they've got James McLean, Josh McGuinness. You know, they've got seriously good attacking players for League One. And Wigan had one shot on target. And so mm. you've got to give credit to the organisation that Wednesday showed 
and you know, Darren Moore spoke about the units and you know making sure that they were compact and they were hard to break down and in the second half they they had the better chances and uh, you know for me they were worthy winners and if anything the only you know bit of uh, critique you would give um, would be that they should have won by more you know they had you know, Canberry who I didn't think had a, one of his better matches I think maybe could have scored and then Patterson Bannon and so they've still got to be a bit more ruthless you know I think they have to be okay, yeah. and um, and if they can be a bit more clinical and it will definitely help when they get John Jules Windass Gregory when they get those players back that will only help them I think in the final third it is still that that you know scoring goals they're tending to come from midfield at the moment aren't they more than more than anywhere um and you need your strikers to be scoring if i'm not i'm not going to start saying you know if if we're going to look for a negative but um Canberra's probably the one player that you feel like hasn't hasn't set things on fire in the last few games. Uh, it would be great to see him now hit a little bit of form because we've seen from earlier in the season there's definitely a good player in there. So it'd be brilliant for him now to yeah, you know, it'd be brilliant if he could get a goal on on Saturday. There is one other thing that we have to talk about from the Wigan game, and we normally you know quite strictly stick to talking just about footballing matters on this podcast, and preferably just about on the pitch footballing matters on this podcast um and this i mean it fits the criteria of one of those because this was very much on the pitch but probably the favorite my, my favorite thing that's happened certainly this year possibly for the last decade uh which is which is the cat on the pitch which at the time was like a, a brilliant moment and then the story that comes out afterwards about this is a cat that's been missing from someone for for seven or eight months and then just just rocks up just running out onto the pitch at, at hillsborough um and I don't, I don't want to talk about the kurt zuma stuff but you know the kind of the 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 anti story to to that whereby you know the players you know, helping the cat it was oh, just what a moment how beautiful that is and just a brilliant brilliant story the owl and the pussycat James wasn't it yeah that's what it's going to go down for that's what the yep. Wigan match will be remembered for and uh, yeah it, it, I agree with you it, you know and uh, it gathered pace very quickly didn't it from uh, the cat going onto the pitch and then being reunited with its owner then uh, the, the following day and yeah but that's heartwarming and and exactly what we needed, a bit of a pick-me-up. And, you know, that got a lot of national press did that story too. Um, and good um, timing-wise, absolutely, after the whole Kurt Zuma affair. And so, no, very, you know, just uh, it sort of topped off the night, really, didn't it? But, uh, yeah, you know, bizarre, isn't it, in the way things work in football and... Uh, <laughs> just who would have predicted that or saw that coming you know just when you think you've seen everything in football then you know that happens a um, couple of games coming up then for Wednesday we've, we've we've touched on both these uh, Rotherham on Saturday Morecambe next week uh, Accrington it, sorry Accrington next week is it Wednesday next week or is it yes, Tuesday yes it's, Wednesday. it's it was, Wednesday it was on the Tuesday it was down to be then but it got moved because right. the Rotherham game's been selected for telly <laughs> Or if George Boyd will be playing. Right, so um, both games at home, 
three run of three three home games in in a row. And I know a lot of this is is the postponements from um, around kind of Christmas and stuff. But uh, what an opportunity here to to make a mark. So you know, six points is going to be great, isn't it? Would you be happy with four points from those from those two games? Yeah, absolutely. If you'd offered me seven points from the three home matches, I would have yeah, gladly would, taken you? that. And then they'd have kept the unbeaten run going. Yeah, I think if they're going to reel Rotherham in, they've got to beat Rotherham now. But I mean, I, I and Rotherham I, gone though. I wonder if Rotherham are just it's yeah, just, they're just too far ahead. It, it's I think we're playing for second at the moment. R- Rotherham are going to have to fall away. I, I still don't deep down think. James, they're going to finish in the top two. I could be wrong, but what have they got? 52 points. They're going to need anywhere between 86 to 90 to maybe finish, you know, second position. If we're saying Rotherham are going up first. So what we're talking, they're going to need to win out of the 16 matches left. Maybe 10 or more. You know, t- 10 would only take them on to 82 points I think that's a big ask I really do even when they get all the players to come back you know, that's going to be one heck of a run I say this but 10 years ago look what happened when Dave Jones took over from Gary Megson and the run that they went on so it's I, possible I also think though Doug, if, you, po- if you look at the fixtures you look at the games that are left this season and you think is there any there that that absolutely you know frighten you so i mean we've got we've got a couple of difficult away trips for the end of of february doncaster you know they've not been in great form i think they won in in the last week was the first win for for oh they won at um, sunderland. sunderland didn't they unexpectedly sunderland's forms drops off a cliff you know away game at fleetwood again you know not 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 having a great season there um you know home home games you've got to you've got to say if you if you are going to make a push for the top two. You've got to win those those home games. We've got home games against Charlton, Burton, Cambridge, Cheltenham, Wimbledon, Crewe, Portsmouth. None of those are games to be scared of, are they? There's a lot of winnable home games that you reeled off there, but then at the same time, I'm looking at it and thinking in the back of my mind who've Wednesday dropped points against. That top six record, playing against the rivals, is very strong, but they have let points slip through their grasp against some of the the teams that, in the bottom that's end that's going to be what the decides table. the season doesn't it you know it, it it does if we if we draw a line under what's happened so far this season and said all right you know great form now to be in with a a, a shout of automatic promotion i'm with you by the way i i don't really think that it will happen but ultimately the team that goes up in second is the one that gets more points than the other teams that are, are there or thereabouts right now it's not unreasonable to suggest that 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 this that this club could be could be that could be that football team you know well, it could yeah. happen i know it could happen yeah i agree do you know what? It's not really the home form that I think will determine whether they're finishing the top two. I think it's what they do on the travels. And I know well, they beat difficult away games. Well, I know they beat Burton, but you still look at it, and they have only won five times away from home. They've, they're going to have to win four, maybe five away games between now and the end of the season. And I still haven't maybe seen enough evidence away from home that Wednesday will score enough goals and put teams to bed. That you know they will get the points that you, they need. So for me, that's what really I'm looking at right now is what might hold Wednesday back. But certainly right now, they should be aiming to finish as high up as they can 
in the playoff positions to be looking for minimum third. That's right. They, they should be you know, looking at it and thinking that Rotherham and Wigan, they're looking over their shoulders right now at the juggernaut that is Sheffield Wednesday that is coming in from behind. And so Wednesday, all they can keep, all they can do is carry on winning and hope that the teams above them falter and then be there to pounce. And we saw it 10 years ago. And so could it happen again? It could do. But I, I do think that on this occasion, might be more playoffs and we need to start booking for Wembley, James. There you go. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, let's talk uh, very, very briefly just about uh, the transfer window. So we have reflected on, 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 I think, pretty much all of this stuff at some point or another. Uh, we've talked about the players that came in. Uh, we, what we haven't touched on, a couple of players that, uh, that did leave at the back end of the transfer window. Well, that Lewis Wing is the standout one, isn't it? And especially when you look at Wednesday now, look light in midfield. And they, they do, and you know, I I, I wrote a piece uh, before window before Wings exit was confirmed, saying that I thought you know that I'd have rated it maybe eight out of ten. Whereas with Wing going, I know he was disappointing, but you'd maybe say it's about seven and a half um, because they didn't get a replacement in for Wing, and with Delibashiru out. And at that point, George Byers hadn't come to the fore. But then you're still looking at the, the midfield options that we've seen in the last couple of matches. If Wednesday picked up an injury, God forbid Luongo had gone off with another knock, it would have been Liam Waldock, would have, who is inexperienced and hasn't played that many matches for Sheffield Wednesday. You know, that's yeah. the next option right now. So, yeah, yeah Lewis Wing... Look, let's face it, it didn't work out. I don't think, you know, no Wednesday fans were sad to see him go. You hope that he doesn't do good things at Wickham and you know, we'll see him again before the end of the season. I think that's the the, the, the last away fixture of the season is at Wickham. So uh, he could be lining up there and you know, you know it'll be the Wednesday way that he'll score, probably. Um, but... No, overall, yeah. I mean, we touched on the defenders they brought in. We haven't seen much of Tyrese John Jules with him getting an injury on his debut, so that was frustrating. But no, I, I think they covered the bases that they needed to signing wise. Uh, there's the question mark over the midfield. You've got Hutchinson, who can go in there too, and he might do when the centre halves come back. So I, I think they've got and just about enough to get through. I think they've weighed everything up and thought there was maybe that no one that they could get in that would come in and make an impact. And and I think they've gone and looked at it and, and said, we've got enough in the squad to get to get us yeah. through to the end of the season. I mean, and we'll, we'll find out, won't we? Midfield is the new centre-back, isn't it? In terms of, you know, first, first half of the season, we were using pretty much anyone who'd ever... Who could even spell centre half? Yeah, like, yeah, you can play there then, um, and and maybe that's what midfield ends up being. You're right about Sam Hutchinson, but let's not forget as well. Liam Palmer played midfield for for the for the majority of the the first few years of his 
career he he was you know looking like midfield was going to be his position i think it was dave jones that that basically converted him into a, a fullback so the, there's an option there as well so you know i mean hopefully this is not something that we see but it, it feels inevitable that there'll be more injury problems for the end of the season we could record an entire separate podcast on injuries and i'm aware that we're um, we're pretty much at time anyway so um any significant in terms of updates on on injuries and stuff well right now there's a possibility Lee Gregory he could be involved maybe for Sunday. I think he's the one that's the nearest to returning. But you know, Dominic Iorfa's back running, um, so that's encouraging. But I still reckon we're talking another few weeks. And, and of course, Iorfa hasn't played since October. Will Darren Moore want him to be involved at say under twenty threes level? Maybe play a match or two for them before throwing him in. He might do. And then you've got Shay Dunkley. And Shay Dunkley, I think maybe we're looking at him perhaps being at the back end of the week. But there've been quite there've been a few players who've gone for scans and um you know, Darren Moore has is gonna brief, I think, the press before Rotherham to give a full sort of round up and comprehensive round up of, of the injuries and so I think we'll know more then but at the moment I'd say Gregory is maybe the one that's nearest to coming back and that would be a big boost Brilliant, good stuff Right then, I think that pretty much wraps us up for uh, for this week's podcast uh, Big thank you to our partners Title or Solicitors Specialists in Wills, Trusts and Probate Because you're a podcast listener You get buy one, get one free on lasting power of attorneys If you mention singing the blues Drop Ollie a line, he's around for evening, weekend Home appointments right across South Yorkshire Titlelaw.co.uk T-O-L-A-W.co.uk That's the uh, the website to head to uh, You can find us on Twitter Dom is at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott and the show is at Dom and James uh, Watch out, we will be doing more uh, live Twitter spaces probably next weekend uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a, a Twitter space on the, uh, on the go uh, You can find all the links for all our different profiles on our website or in the show notes for this episode Thank you for listening Up the owls and we'll see you next time. Thank you.